Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. Uh, well, we're back already in, in a season where we have a constricted amount of episodes. It's nice to do some back-to-back episodes. Um, we are just coming off a very interesting conversation related to the use of social media in relationships, how people use social media. And one of the things that social media always gets me thinking about is the extent to which people are willing to share information. And that's kind of the direction that we're going to be going in today. And so in order to help me do that, uh, I am very pleased to welcome back to the show, uh, Dr. Samantha Shabib. Sammy, how are you? Hi, everyone. Hi, James. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm tired. I've been through meetings all day and I'm ready to go home to my dogs um, and take them to the park and get them covered in mud. But before that, we have some pretty important stuff to chat on. So we should get to it, right? Let's go. All right. Oh, and by the way, I think congratulations are in order because the last time that you were on this show, you uh, had not yet accepted your current position um, out in Alabama. How are things out there? They're great. I was wondering where you were going with that. But yes, I was at Utah State in Logan, Utah last year when we filmed. And now I'm at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. I'm loving it. We're excited for you to come and visit in a couple weeks. So yeah, all's good. Yep, that's right. I'll be out there for a mutual friend's wedding. I'm very I'm looking very much forward to it. Um, And of course, we'll probably have a more informal version of the conversation that we're about to have right now, which is on secret keeping. So without any further ado, I kind of want to get right into it, because when I think about groups of people that keep secrets from each other, honestly, college age students are the first group that comes to mind, and that's our target audience. So it's worth unpacking. Um, I, I guess I'd like to start at the most basic level. And just ask, what are some of the most common sorts of secrets that people keep in the first place? Like, what information do people hide from each other in general? Yeah, and so this is, um, while it's not like a hard question, it's a little bit more complicated because this answer is going to vary depending on the type of relational dyad the secret is occurring. So if we think about, you know, adolescent children and their parents or the secrets they keep from their parents, some of those secrets would be like alcohol use or risky cyber behavior, problematic peer associations, romantic behaviors, or even like school problems. And parents too keep secrets from their children, such as, you know, problems at work, marital disagreements, and even financial information. More recently, you know, DNA testing sites like 23andMe and Ancestry are unlocking a lot of family secrets within the family unit, finding out of unknown siblings, right, or even different biological parents than you were previously told and raised with. Wow. So- you're right, right there. Like families are very convoluted when it comes to secrets because there's a lot of secret keeping going around in families. But then also, if you look at romantic partners and their spouses, again, we'll have, you know, financial secrets being something that's pretty prevalent, such as a spouse or a partner having a secret credit card that their other spouse doesn't know about or hiding purchases, masking debt, spending on the children. Um, other romantic secrets could be, you know, past dating 
dating or sexual history, conflicting attitudes, especially right now with like political or religious type of attitudes, extra relational thoughts. So thinking about relational or sexual relations with someone who's not your partner, transgressions, substance abuse, and then even mental and physical health related information. Dang, that is so many secrets. That list could fill a book. Um, wow. It does. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> when I think about secrets, I, like the first thing that comes to mind is the family, right? Because, uh, you know, Dr. Petronio's work is largely on um, family secrets. I think, for example, about like whole family secrets that the whole family keeps from the outside world. Like, for example, uh, Grandma Jolene's gambling problem. And then I think about partial family secrets where there's one or more members of a family keeping secrets from one or more other members of a family. But from what you described, it, it looks like the bounty of secrets expands well beyond just those basic elements, yeah? Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that becomes complicated and I asked my Instagram followers some questions to kind of gauge what their perceptions of secrets are and how much they feel like they've threatened their relationships. But one of the things that becomes a convoluted issue is the secrecy and private information. So some scholars suggest that secrecy and private information are these mutually exclusive categories. So secrets are something that I, that affects just me, or I mean, excuse me, private information affects just me, but a secret is when the information would affect somebody else too. But it's really not that simple. Instead, secrecy is a special case of managing private information that involves intentional concealment of the information. And the intentional concealment is really key because the effort inherent in purposely concealing secret information signifies that the information is particularly risky to disclose. Like, you know, something's going to happen by telling somebody else that secret. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you right now is that just the, the very act of keeping a secret from someone can be considered hurtful in that way because uh, the, the explicit nature of the management, like I'm thinking about like, I learn a new secret about my partner and I look at her and I say, how could you keep that from me? Like I thought that that was, I thought that that was something that you would feel comfortable with telling me. Um, and then of course on the flip side, and you know, you've already touched on this just a little bit, um, the idea of, um, telling someone a secret and then having that somebody share your secret, that's also very hurtful. So why, why do we feel hurt in that way when someone shares um, a secret that we told them? Or even, you know, if you, if you want to speak on it, the, the opposite, why do we feel hurt when we find out someone's been keeping a secret from us? So we'll take the first instance. So why does it feel like a betrayal, right? When somebody else discloses our secret. Well, first off, secrets contain a risk component. So it's a type of private information that's viewed as risky enough that it's worth intentionally concealing, right? So you've gone through these efforts to intentionally conceal it. And then you might've told like your best friend, but your best friend telling somebody else was not something that you agreed upon. So inherently in and of itself, when disclosing a secret to a third party, we have some sort of trust right in that third party to contain that information within the bounds in which we're 
hoping it's staying. When that person breaks our trust by telling other people without our permission, right, we feel hurt. It undermines the trust we'll have in that relationship. It can create relational uncertainty with that partner. And then it can lead to relational termination, depending on the secret. Interesting. And Sammy, sorry to, sorry to be looking away from the camera. I got a uh, message from our tech guy who messaged me saying that when he was 22, he spontaneously found out that he had an older sister that he had not previously known about. So this one's hitting close to home right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually way more prevalent, obviously not that situation, but mm -hmm. secrets are occurring in a lot of relationships. I mean, I think when I was doing some research before this, the average person has about 13 secrets. And I would suggest that's probably not even the accurate number. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do withhold information from other people and we do feel like this private information might not be something they need to know about, right? But they might consider it something they need to know about, right? And so just that expectation difference right there can kind of set you up for some problems. Obviously in the case of the tech guy, I mean, that's a little, it's a little bit different in that situation, but um, it's it's occurring a lot. And actually right now, a lot of people are finding out more intense secrets like that. Mm, interesting. Uh, for me, it comes down to ownership. I mean, I haven't read too much literature on secrets, but from what I know, it's that when it comes to like private information, and thank you for clarifying sort of the difference between those two things um, and how one can sort of fit under the umbrella term of the other, it strikes me based on the research, when people have private information, they feel like that information is their property, right? And that they, uh, right? And they can share it with other people. However, this is where the problem arises, right? Because like, let's say, Sammy, I tell you a really important secret. Um, mm -hmm. It is expected that you're gonna hang on to that secret and not tell anybody. But then if you do tell somebody, I may feel like you are, sharing my information, right? It, it, no, that's, ex that's exactly how you would feel, right? Because first and foremost, at the heart of private information is the fact that it's ours. And we get to decide individually who, if anybody, is allowed to receive that information. Mm -hmm. But once you give up some of that control, right? And you share it with somebody else, you become co-owners of that information. And that other person can now start to expand the boundaries of who has access to that information. And also just the way in which the um, information is told. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so- They get to control the narrative. So yeah, so uh, more about these boundaries, because I think that that's the primary mechanism that people use to keep their secrets. They set boundaries. I have a secret, I'm only gonna tell two or three people, or I'm not gonna tell anyone because it's a deep, dark secret. So how do people set these boundaries? What sort of boundaries exist when folks um, start making decisions on whether or not they want to share a secret? Well, you know, the boundaries of private information are kind of what we base this off of um, in communication privacy management theory, CPM, developed by Sandra Petronio, an extremely well-respected communication scholar in our field, has done the literature on this and the research on it to back it up. And essentially, there's three important principles, right? We have this ownership towards it, a control of the information which can lead to also turbulence. So in terms of ownership, right, private information is ours. But once we share that secret, it becomes co-owned with the other person. 
But not only do we want to decide who, if anyone, is allowed to co-own our private information, we also want to be able to control um, what aspects of the information, if any, they're allowed to share with other people and how that information is framed. So for example, if we think about secrets held by an entire family, like uh, not telling people outside of the family that your family's experiencing financial hardships, it requires that all family members agree to keep the relevant information private, which means they have to coordinate their boundary structures regarding that information. Mm-hmm. But clearly, once you tell somebody, turbulence can occur when a co-owner discloses the information to somebody without your permission. And this breach forcibly um, reshapes the boundaries of that information. And essentially, we lose the ownership of it, and we also lose the control of it. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think of just how important of a role interdependence plays because I'm thinking about a situation now, it doesn't even have to be a friendship. Or I mean, a family relationship, it could be a friendship where all the members of a given friend circle agree to keep somebody's secret. And then one person from that friendship circle divulges or, you know, steps out outside of that boundary and, um, and reveals, um, that is probably, correct me if I'm wrong, that's probably a little bit less likely to happen if the friendship circle or the familial circle in question is highly interdependent, if their goals all coincide with each other. Am I, am I off there or uh, what, what role I, do you think that plays? Well, obviously the more interdependent you are with somebody else and the trust that's there and the you know amount you want to keep this really a secret from other people, you're going to do everything that you can. But we also know the dark side to that in the same sense, because once we start obsessing regarding what the secret is and stuff, we're it's coming into our mind a lot more, right? And mm. so it has the ability to leak out accidentally and through other cues as well. So it's not as easy as we're just going to make a pact and not talk about it. The fact you're not talking about it can strike you to think about it, which can strike it to be, you know, something that's ruminating in your mind often. You know what this makes me think of? There's, I think, I think it's Walida Fifi with someone else. They wrote a paper and the, the title of the paper is Don't Tell Anyone But... And I remember going over that class or that that paper in my uncertainty class back during uh, my years doing a master's degree. And we talked about this notion of don't tell anyone but comma, not even insert name. When we are trying to keep a secret, do we have to be that explicit or is it assumed that people will just like, if we tell someone a secret, does it go without saying that we're expecting that other person to keep their mouth shut about it? Or must we be super explicit and be like, listen, don't tell anyone, not even your partner. I feel like you should be very explicit. I mean, it can't hurt to just define those boundaries up front because I think where a lot of complication comes about is because those boundaries weren't defined, right? Like they didn't realize that you didn't want them to tell their romantic partner. And a lot of people will always tell their romantic partner something <laughs> or like their mom or just a random person. You gotta spill I mean, that my tea. sister would have to. When my sister was getting married um, and the planning the wedding and there's little details they don't want people to know, I had to tell my research team sometimes, you know, <laughs> I just had to show them because I had to get it off my chest. Uh oh, I hope Obviously, she's not listening. <laughs> oh, she, 
I've, I've told her, you know, <laughs> sometimes I would do that. But I mean, obviously, that wasn't a big deal to her. She doesn't even know these people. They would never cross paths. Mm-hmm. They're in different, you know, states. Um, but if she didn't want me to, I wouldn't have. But I didn't think it was a big deal. But it could have been, right? Because who knows? Yeah. And you know what? And I'm sorry to keep going off script here, but you know what this has reminded me of? It's reminded me of this stranger on the bus phenomenon, this idea that if you find yourself sitting next to somebody who you don't think you'll ever see again, someone who you don't think will ever affect your life, you may be more likely to share these really intimate details about your life with that person person and the act we you know we know from the literature the act of venting can be extremely restorative um it actually happened to me once on a plane this older woman was telling me all about all her her previous marriage and her husband had an affair and then you know the kid went to college on the husband's credit card and, and said that she was paying for it but he was paying for it it was it was very messy um and then i got off the plane and i see this lady with presumably her husband and presumably her daughter and the look she gave <gasps> as if she had seen a ghost because you know heaven forbid i for some reason walk up to her and be like hey remember all those secrets you told me are these the two people it was very interesting <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like too when you don't really have a relationship with the other person that you're disclosing it to like to what extent does that actually place the burden of the secret on the other person So a lot of the times, right, I mean, we can think about this in terms of like James and I gossiping, right? I'm giving him a secret about something from somebody else, but he might know that person. And so it puts a burden then on James too, right? To make sure that he doesn't spill that secret in front of our mutual friend or whatever it is. Mm. But if it's a random person, you know, they don't really have that burden. They don't know these people. They don't really understand maybe the importance of it too, or what's going on in that situation. Um, So it kind of gives you some of the benefits of disclosing the secret immediately. But obviously, you know, that person could end up being somebody that ends up knowing those people. Yeah, well, this is why in my classes, when I give examples, I talk so much about my friends from New Jersey because we're so far away from them and they'll never know any of these people anyway. And so I have to tell somebody and they also typically make for good stories. So in that vein, (laughs) when, in your opinion, when, if ever, is it okay to share another person's secret or is it never okay? So... I think first and foremost, if you don't want people knowing the secret, you shouldn't tell anyone from the get go. Right. And also remembering that it does put the burden on the person you've shared the secret to. And sometimes like it just comes out accidentally. Right. It's not intentionally being disclosed from that third party to somebody else. So we need to like remember that. But I'd say um, first you could share somebody's secret if you've asked them for permission to share it or disclose it to another person. That's the obvious example. But I'd also say this is kind of topic dependent as well. So meaning the content of what the secret is over. For example, if I was told a secret that someone or something is going to hurt themselves or somebody else, Mm. I'd reveal that secret. Like I can live with this person hating me forever, potentially for revealing the secret, but I couldn't live with what could have happened to somebody else or themselves. And knowing that I had information in advance that that was going to occur. So 
you know, I mean, I feel like it's really it's situation dependent and your ethics and morals should guide that. Um, and the intention should really be for the benefit of other people or that person, because, you know, I couldn't sit back and just like not do anything if I heard something was going on. And that could be anything as small as, you know, um, mean girls are bullying at school. In addition, even though that's not even small, but like mm -hmm. all the way up into, you know, somebody admitting that they're going to commit suicide. I think of that, you know, girl, uh, that high school student who was a girl and her boyfriend and her boyfriend like was sending her those text messages about killing himself. Yes. Oh man. I can't think of her name, but like right there, right. He had disclosed the secret to her that he was thinking about, you know, taking his own life. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what she was saying, she had that information well in advance Yeah. for weeks. And, you know, part of the, you know, public outlash on that is not only her kind of egging him on, but it's like you knew about this and you did not tell anybody. And to what extent should you be held accountable? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So I, it's a very social exchange answer, right? Like it's it comes down to the costs of telling the secrets versus the reward of other people learning and potentially uh, potentially helping or at the at the micro level, you know, the, the cost of betraying someone's trust versus the reward of spilling juicy tea and getting to talk about it. Right. <laughs> so, OK. Exactly. Yeah. So last question here, it, when it comes to sharing secrets, what advice might you give to somebody who feels perhaps burdened by a secret and is about to share or divulge for whatever reason? Do you have any advice that you would have for that person in terms of how to deliver the secret or how they can maybe uh, engage in relational repair with the person um, who shared that secret? Yeah, well, I think first of all, we know there's considerable evidence that secret keeping is extremely stressful and it can wear on the secret keepers psychologically and even physiologically. Um, so the mere act of disclosing distressful information will make you feel better. And, you know, there isn't necessarily a right way to go about it. But being as honest as you can and as disclosive as you can about the situation, you can't change what the other partner is going to do. Like if they're going to break up with you, they're going to break up with you about it. Mm. Right. You can't change their behavior or their attitudes or beliefs regarding that issue. Um, and it's kind of inevitable if they're going to find out at some point. Right. And so. I mean, you might as well talk about it up front. But second, also, like keeping a secret means you have to keep up the act of the secret. And the bigger the secret, right, the larger the audience, the greater the effort you have to go through mm. to keep that act up. And that effort isn't just behavioral. We also have to refresh it in our minds, remind ourselves what we said, right, so that we don't get ourselves in trouble. So disclosing the secret will free you from having to suppress it and make it no longer like hyper accessible, which decreases your, you know, anxiety. But also, if you don't disclose the secret, you can't work towards a resolution of the issues that are underlining it. And in that sense, why do you want to be in the relationship or in a situation where you don't have the opportunity to be successful in terms of the longevity of that relationship? Interesting. Yeah. And I, I think you make a really good point about like the relief you experience when you share a secret coupled with the new stress that you take on from receiving a secret it's almost like you're transferring that stress from one person to another and so like 
just being aware of that is helpful, right? This idea of like, okay, well, if I share this information, it'll help me, but it could burden this other person. And I think that that's worth breaking down. Yeah, I mean, it could burden the other person because they might feel completely caught off guard. Um, you know, and this depends on who the person is that the secret revolves around. But intuitively, I think as human beings, we can kind of sense something's been off and something's been wrong. So maybe mm -hmm. it's a relief in the same sense to just be like, oh my gosh, that's what happened, right? Or that's what was going on. And you never know. And I think this was also Walid Afifi's work. Um, hopefully it was. Um, but they found that, you know, a lot of times people were withholding these secrets because they thought their partners would react way more intensely than they ever ended up reacting. Yeah. Right. And so like, it wasn't as big of a deal maybe to some of these partners as they were perceiving it to be. But again, this is really dependent upon the secret and what was done and all that. So I don't want to say that's always going to be the course of action, but you know, being as open as you can with your partner, I mean, if you're going to break up or if your relationship's going to end, then you might as well just have it end now, right? Then waiting years. Like it Ripping doesn't make sense to just wait till it gets real bad mm -hmm. in like 10 years. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to the importance of like the supportive network that you have, because like maybe there's a, sh a secret you've been wanting to share with your partner um, and you can test it out on your friend group and be like, do you think that they would find it weird if I shared this with them? Maybe, who knows, but I can't believe we're out of time. That's wild how quickly that happens. We're gonna be picking up on a more positive note. We'll be talking about courting for now. Sammy, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, next time, two-part episode on courting. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.